VR is like it's effectively going through a second chance right now. It's effectively going through a second generation. Hey everyone, welcome back to Media Armed. Today, I have a good friend of mine, Mitchell, Mitchell Moran. Hello. I'm here. Here to talk about some, <laughs> here to talk about VR <laughs> and its various, uh, various, you know, uh, assets. Um, Mitchell and I actually are very, very similar in our experience with VR. Um, both of us have uh, Oculus's Rift S headset um, that we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be uh, mentioning that here soon. Uh, again, talking about the. Uh, again, like I said, the uh, I really want to hit three major points here. Um, although it'll it'll be a little more uh, open ended than that because I want to talk to Mitchell about it as well, not just monologue here for 15, 20 minutes or so. Um, I really want to talk about the like super high end of VR and also talk about um, some certain games and also certain. Uh, hardware that's really pushed a lot of interest to it um and then i'm going to be talking about the reverse end with the very accessible end um of vr the more low end you could say um and then i want to talk a little bit about non-gaming applications just because i feel like in conversations about virtual reality um there's a really big focus on the gaming of it and while it is a huge part of it there's also a lot of programs and whatnot that are um, completely devoid of gaming, but yet are really, really important to it. So VR, man, it's, if you think about it, it's actually a really, really young industry. You think about like, uh, um, some of the, the earliest headsets I can think of were like the, the original Oculus Rift. Um, but that, that must've been back in what, 2016 or so. I uh, remember watching some stuff actually, like about it. It was like, it was something about some really old uh, VR headsets they used to have for like arcade use. But besides that, yeah, um, the Oculus stuff was like the first thing I can remember that was actually like targeted towards consumers rather than more mainstream. Yeah, actually, like a actually like a market, like a market product, and not like a uh, not like a very fringe like kind of prototype deal. Exactly. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, I, I'm, uh, this episode is going to be called, uh, virtual reality second chance, just because that's, that's a big part of what I'm encapsulating here, which is a lot of the stuff that's been happening in the industry recently. That's like breathe new life into it, I'd say. Um, and so I'll just, I'll just get right into talking about that. Um, well, actually, I, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, the history of it, just because um, it, it's been in a strange spot for a while now. Like VR, uh, uh, it's been like in this weird, like radioactive zone where it's like uh, people are like, oh, that's cool. Uh, I would love to try that or something. Yet you see that like not a lot of people have one. I think on uh I think Facebook had a statistic. Don't don't quote me on this. I think it was about maybe five to ten million 
uh, original Oculus Rift sold in its entire lifespan since 2016 or so. And you think about that compared to like an Xbox or a PlayStation, like the most popular consoles. And it's like, it's nothing. And granted, a, a, a big portion of that is probably because getting into VR is a lot more of a commitment than just, you know, going to your TV, plugging up your console and starting to play. Uh, but at the same time, uh, what we'll be talking about um, more, more so with the uh, the more accessible VR experiences that have been available recently. Um, it's really been flipping that whole that whole uh, flipping that whole dynamic on its head. But yeah, it's like in uh, since like 2016 uh, up until I would say the beginning of last year, 2019, there's just been like it's been very quiet. There hasn't been a lot of like movement. There hasn't been a lot of uh, things that have shaken things up in there, which is uh, you could argue is really to the detriment of the entire industry. So uh, I, I want to first talk about uh, the really really high end of VR, and then also what comes with that. So. As Mitchell knows, there's this very, very infamous headset um, known as the Valve Index. Um, the Valve Index, uh, starting at a thousand dollars. So again, you're you're pretty much in your you're in in enthusiast market here. Yeah, it's quite the investment, you could say. <laughs> right, and that's 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 a thousand dollars for the setup that that excludes games and. You know, um, maybe any may anything else you'd want to buy yeah. for it, any other add-ons. Also, having the power of your PC to just run the thing. Yes, exactly. That's a, that's a huge part too, and 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 that's uh, where the high end of VR has been restricted recently. Uh, well, actually, pretty much for the entire history, it's like if you want to have the best possible VR experience, you pretty much need to have a high end PC, just because. You can't really replicate that um, with like wireless headsets or anything like that for obvious reasons. You just can't get the power. Mm-hmm. And so uh, while it's really, really cool to see the Valve Index and uh, uh, there are some other... The Valve Index is probably the most well-known high-end VR headset, I would say. Um, uh, it, it's got it's got great... Uh, I th- it's I think it's 120 hertz for the um for the display so like 120 frames per second for whatever you're seeing yeah. super super smooth really immersive you also um, have that um that experimental mode where it can get up like even higher than i think um, yeah absolutely i don't know it's, how it's like I, I, it might it might be like to 144 or something like that yeah, but like so- for but like for reference for people who are uh less like uh technologically you know uh involved you could say um a lot of times most computer monitors will run at 60 60 hertz or 60 frames per second that's what a lot of consoles are at for their standard and for this headset for vr obviously you need to run a lot above you need to run above 60 frames per second otherwise you'll probably feel a little nauseous in there because um what you're doing and what you're actually seeing is like there's like a disconnect there you'd you'd probably throw up if you tried to play vr at 60 fps or lower than that but again stressing the importance of a p of a good pc as well (laughs) and as well and and while and while the valve index is really cool um headsets like the oculus rift s starting at 399 
the um the hp reverb starting at six hundred dollars the samsung odyssey headset five hundred dollars these are all headsets that um are meant to be much more consumer targeted just because um again most people don't have a thousand dollars plus on top of a really good pc to spend on this and also just because you could say vr as a market really isn't tested as much as like your co- your other consoles and stuff like that um uh, which is actually going to lead me right into what i what uh the other the other point here with uh um with with the pc connected vr just is these uh while the, while the headsets do push a lot of the interest um the actual games and experiences that you play push a lot more interest um one of one of the most notable, and I think even people that aren't involved in uh, the the uh, VR circles, <laughs> like Mitchell and I are, um, uh, know the game Beat Saber, which is basically just uh, it's like it's like a rhythm game. I'll, I'll leave some links below, um, where you basically it, it's it's basically like a VR version of Guitar Hero. You slice uh, bricks in different directions to the to the beat of a the beat of a song or like a soundtrack or whatever. Um, and it's wildly, wildly popular. It's really fun. Um, and I believe it's, I believe it's, uh, it's probably one of the better selling, uh, one of the better selling VR games, maybe the best selling, I'm not sure. Um, but, but more importantly, much more importantly, we have to talk about Half-Life Alex. You can't, you seriously can't talk about virtual reality in 2020 or at all, or at all recently without talking about Half-Life Alex, For people who don't know, uh, it's the third installment of the Half-Life series. Um, that probably doesn't mean as much to people that haven't played the other Half-Life games or haven't been, uh, haven't heard of them before, but this is essentially the first true AAA or like first true big scale production for a VR game. Um, and... I'll, I'll give you I'll give you some numbers here for how it did. Um, it did between forty to fifty million dollars in sales. It wasn't like it, it wasn't super clear. It is the highest rated VR game of all time, um, and not only that, it has caused huge shortages on a lot of VR headsets, including the Valve Index and the Oculus Rift S. Some of sometimes of which the I've seen the Valve Index at about like an eighteen week back order, um, which what a nightmare, um, and also uh, it's it's garnered a lot of like like oh almost overwhelming overwhelming pro, uh, positive praise for it, um, and I think what might, what might even be more important than the actual success of the game itself because again the game's great um it's just it's just a it's a story-based uh vr adventure game uh really really great physics it's really really realistic um again most people regard it as now the best vr game ever made you know like the top the 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 pretty much the bar now for future ones um but anyways more even more important Uh, Half-Life Alex has brought a lot of mainstream coverage to VR recently that I would say hasn't been seen before. I've I've seen a lot of news outlets and a lot of people 
that maybe aren't like super like are maybe peripherally aware of the industry. Um, it's brought them around to acknowledge this to the fact that this virtual reality game is selling on par with these these other games. Like your like uh, I, I know the uh, I know Doom Eternal, uh, a, a recent first person shooter uh, release. It's sold on par with that. And again, for Half-Life Alex, you need to have a headset to play it. You can't play it on your computer normally. And it's really, really empowering to me to think about how, hey, this game, this uh this game, this true that this like first uh true dive into making a fully blown out um and like a like a, a giant uh a giant company valve them finally like putting their money where their mouth is and going through the production of a full scale, like VR experience. It gives me a lot of hope for, you know, future endeavors and for like uh, other companies to see, Hey, VR isn't as risky of a market as it's, as it seemed. And there's actually a lot of money here. It's, I think, I, I really think it was a huge turning point for, uh, for the entire industry, really. And then on the flip side of that, um, again, this is even this is even 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 more important, you could argue, than uh, having a great game like Half Life Alex or uh, or having great headsets. Is this uh, is having actually like high volume and accessible VR? Because as I've mentioned, uh, the Valve Index starts at a thousand dollars. The Oculus Rift S again starts at three ninety nine, and you still have to have a PC, and then also buy games, of course, or buy experiences too. Um, but then this this uh, Oculus made this other headset, the Oculus Quest. It's also three ninety nine. It was released in like the it, it's in like the same line as the Rift S, but yet it's fully wireless, and it's uh. It has the same exact controllers as the Rift S. It's a very, very similar experience. And again, it's fully wireless. So you think like uh, you, you, you're you're breaching a really, really interesting market here, don't you think? Like it's there hasn't been there hasn't been a headset re- like ever uh, for VR that has simultaneously been like a proper experience and also really, really accessible to people because again, it's wireless and you don't need a PC or anything like that. I think you can, do they have, they have a, don't they have a, I think they have a cable to link it to your PC though. Can't you? Yeah, they do. Uh, the yeah. Oculus link, I think it's called. That's right. Or yeah, Quest exactly. link or something along those lines. So, so even if you wanted to play uh, on your computer as well and get like you know better quality and better, uh, probably a better selection as well through uh, through Steam, uh, that platform. Um, nonetheless, you're getting a really really high quality experience that a lot of people uh, are that a lot of people can access really easily. You don't have to have anything uh extra other than like you know a big enough space to play it in and i I know facebook made a statement when uh facebook obviously owns oculus um 
they made a statement when they released the Rift S early last year, um, talking about how they intended to make the first true mass market VR headset. And they felt the only way to do that was to provide a true, like full VR experience um, in a form factor that a lot of people are actually able to buy. Um, and that's awesome. It's like uh, it's it's endearing a lot of people to this industry um, without having them. Again, it's 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 like uh, it's like testing the waters, right? It's like and sure, it's not. It's not cheap by any means. It's three ninety nine, obviously, and then you still you, you still do it to buy. Um, well, you don't have to, but you know you you would probably want to buy other games or other experiences um, through Oculus. And so, sure, you're, you're you're maybe maybe putting down a couple hundred more. Who knows? But nonetheless, three ninety nine for a VR headset that's ex- like really really competent is something we haven't seen before. And I think that's really important. And I also want to talk a little bit about, um, like, I, well, I, I, it probably sounds like I've been focusing a little bit too much um, on gaming for VR, even though I've, I've also been mentioning those experiences that I've been talking about, which I'll get to in a minute. Um, but obviously, um, maybe even, maybe you, you, again, you could argue this is more important than gaming, even though it doesn't really get as much of a focus. Um, there are a lot of really awesome experiences in VR that um, I guess most people maybe won't wouldn't be aware of if they weren't uh, like involved in the you know in VR circles. Um, one of which uh, I, I know Mitchell loves this one. Uh, Google has this experience called Tilt Brush, which is essentially like a yes, which is essentially <laughs> a uh, a 3D painting app. Um, it's, and it's it's amazing. It's, so it's I'll just put that away. It's wild. Um, you can you can essentially paint. You can uh, you can do whatever you want. You can you can do different strokes, different uh, types of materials to draw with, and it's really really cool. Um, and that's like uh, what twenty dollars, I think. Yeah. Um, some of the if things it, I think it does well is um, it basically gives you these like guidelines and stuff that you can put down like these different shapes so you can paint specifically on those shapes if you put like your hand into Mm. that shape to paint around it so if you need to make something that's like uh got like an oval shape or circular shape or square like a flat surface you can do that pretty easily and you can resize things and make them work and honestly that's what makes it so good as like just any sort of painting thing is that you can do that and you can choose where you want the viewer to actually look at things from. Yeah. And, and, and what's, what's funny is Google made this, but it's legitimately a creative tool that's designed as a $20 game or disguised as a $20 <laughs> game. It's a legitimate, like it, it's a full, it's a full fledged uh, painting app. And there, there isn't really anything like that at all uh, in a, anywhere else um one of the other ones was uh I, I really love this one uh google earth has a vr version uh where you can you can essentially like uh drag around the earth you can go to different uh locations and you have 3d models of a lot of the like you know biggest areas like i know new york city has one um, a lot of huge areas have entirely rendered 3d models 
for the area. So you're able to like almost you you almost you know you almost feel like you're there, right? It, it's really really cool. Um, and and this is free too, which is which is awesome. Uh, but yeah, my whole my whole point with uh, these other experiences is just that um, gaming gets a really big focus in VR, um, and when when talked about, and I think that's to its detriment because, like, I, I'm sure you've seen um maybe maybe clips of like roller coaster simulators or let's say like spit like you like uh space station simulators and stuff like that um and as the technology keeps improving and like you know it it, the quality of the headset gets better um it gets a little smoother this will just get more and more immersive to to the point where eventually you know it'd be really cool if it was indistinguishable from you know your normal life well while we, while we may be a little far away from that it's it's yeah. definitely it's it's on the horizon you could say i i feel like we won't reach that point until we get some sort of like um mental interface that is also very are. true i mean also also <laughs> hey we'll talk we'll, t- we'll talk about that in a couple of years um <laughs> on, the, on the podcast when we have yeah, like full-fledged we have full-fledged suits just wait for the brain link that that'll be cool that'll be cool um i know another huge uh example of this these like non-gaming applications um the seattle police department they were using i don't know if you've heard about this mitchell the seattle police department was using uh vr headsets to train police officers for like uh tons of different um tons of different situations that they can't really like replicate otherwise and Right, no, exactly. Uh, it bubbled up a couple of years ago. Um, but you th- you think about that, and then you think about all the other like, you know, prospects for that that you could use it for. Like maybe you could use, let's say, maybe a uh, a surgeon um, that's like you know training training to well a, a surgeon in training. You could say, um, let's say they actually get to experience very similar to how a normal surgery would, you know, feel. And with VR, I feel like you could replicate that a lot better than you could with maybe like a mannequin or something like that. Cause you're actually, you're actually really replicating and simulating an actual surgery as opposed to um, something that most people can clearly just relax because, Hey, it's not an actual life on the line. Um, you're just dealing with a mannequin or something like that. And so I, I guess really my theme that I wanted to like convey here, and I hope I did a, a decent job with it, um, obviously learning as I go here, um, as I'm sure Mitchell has, because I'm definitely talking like 95% of this runtime and he's <laughs> just reacting. Um, but you know, it's good. It's all right. It's all right. It's good. Um, but my whole theme here was just that I really want to highlight how VR as an industry is, I think it's really having a moment right now um, through really accessible headsets to really cool experiences to um, actually having a range of products now. Cause you, you never really saw that. You always saw like, Oh, a VR headset. It's a big, it's a big commitment. It's a lot of money. And you know, I have to put the, I have to, there's, there's no wiggle room. There's no selection for me, but now you have, several headsets for you know certain uh certain applications if you want one that's 
you're gonna be able to play anywhere and you can uh and you can just have it like fully tethered tetherless you can get the oculus quest if you want like the highest end if you want the best experience possible you can get something like the valve index a thousand dollar one uh but really it's it, it it's really having a moment right now I, and i really hope this continues just because um vr is awesome but at the same time there is I, th- I feel like it has such a high such much more of an sorry this is a i'm trying to <laughs> trying to word this right um, the the ceiling yes no 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 the, the yes the ceiling for vr is a lot higher than your other consoles and your other yeah. experiences it's, like that it's absolutely huge like there's in reality like no limit to it no exactly and then and, and and that, and that's what you don't get with like a uh, like you know like a, a console or something. You can improve the experience of the console. You can make the graphics better. You can make the um, you can make the the games a lot better. But at a certain point, you can't replicate an entire like world you're simulating for whatever you want yeah. to do. And and that's and that's really that's really that's really I, key here. I think that this is also like causing some issues with the types of games that are being produced for VR at the moment, because we're still in this sort of mindset of making a console game or making a PC game. Yes. It hasn't quite gotten to that point where people have realized this is VR. We're talking about this. Isn't you can't make a traditionally like good console game on this. And it won't, it, it just won't work because like, when I at least when I go looking for VR games, sometimes I have this issue where I'm trying to find a really interesting game that gives you a lot of player interaction. The thing that VR really shines on, and a lot of these games just they they give you like either they give you like a really good like story maybe, and you want to go through it, but then when you actually get into the game, it's like they don't give you the actual controls to do what you want to do mm-hmm. um now i i really like for example um half-life alex i think it did a really good job at improving certain systems like um when you're holding a weapon uh if you play uh pavlov for example you have to hold down the trigger constantly first person um, shooter game yes uh and the deal with uh half-life alex instead is they basically give you the ability to just you know switch between it with that um menu where you just move your hand in the direction and it automatically holds onto the weapon and i like that because it makes it so it actually feels like you're holding a weapon and you're not just pressing down a button but the one issue i have with a lot of the game is that it's they don't give you enough freedom it feels like for the most part like you can throw things around you can shoot Mm -hmm. you can do that kind of stuff but like it doesn't really quite feel like a full VR experience. In sometimes some, 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 yeah, sometimes these developers kind of build VR games with a traditional game mindset. They don't really build it like for VR. And that's what Alex did really, really well. Um, they made like, a, a, I'll, I'll definitely leave uh, links to uh, a couple of these. I'll definitely leave links to Alex. Um, like to the trailer and gameplay and whatnot, and some of the other uh, games that we mentioned. Uh, but Half Life Alex has a lot of controls that involve like motion and involve like uh, 
you actually like in like moving around and interacting like you said um and it, it, it's not like there's not a lot in half-life alex that involves just simply pressing buttons or whatnot they make they make you do a lot as opposed to just you know uh taking shortcuts with pressing buttons like you would normally do in a you know traditional non-vr game exactly i i think a lot of vr is just the personalized experience because you can watch a you can watch a any sort of video of like any sort of game where they're going through the game and a lot of times unless it's like a really creatively expressive game it's like the developers have thought of a story and want you to go through that story and experience it mm -hmm. so generally a lot of these will be um very similar but in the case of vr a lot of these games are like taking advantage of the fact that the player can now express themselves how they want to. And mm -hmm. that's why watching some of these like VR videos, especially like I I've seen a couple from uh, half-life Alex where it's just hilarious because they think, they think of something they can do in the game and they theme an entire video around it. Yeah. And it's really clever. And it, it gives you the, the feeling of being able to actually affect the world around you is such a great feeling. And while some developers have done a really good job of, bringing that into just standard types of games for PC and console. Um, it's especially obvious when it comes to VR, and I just can't wait until more developers start taking advantage of that. I know, and, and that and that's really that and that's also really really one of the themes of what I'm trying to get at here is that just VR has so much potential. And just like you said with Half-Life Alex, um, it's an adventure game, right? And there is a story that you play through. It's pretty long. But at the same time, the like physics you experience and um, the way you're able to interact with everything and like feel like you're really like it, it, it's one of the more immersive games in VR. It makes you wonder, hey, maybe a couple of years down the line, they repurpose the same process and make like an open world game or like a game where you just. Um, a, a game sim maybe similar to Tilt Brush, where you have a lot more freedom with like what you do. Maybe you can, yeah. maybe you can like create levels and stuff like that, and in that in that same exact environment, because they've already achieved such an such a uh, like advanced way of uh, a, 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 such an advanced like immersion in it. Mm -hmm. um, again, it, it's on. This is this is a big part of why a lot of people regard Alex as one of the best VR games ever made just because it's, it, it doesn't, it doesn't, it doesn't mean it's one of the best stories ever made. It doesn't mean it's one of the best games it's ever made. It means it's one of the best games that works the best for the VR experience. Um, personally with like these, uh, sort of games, I think what, at least in this current generation, the games that will really do, the best job will be the ones that don't really have that massive open world yet. Like I think in the future that might be more of a thing where like you have these large open worlds that you can explore in VR. Mm -hmm. But I think for the moment games that focus more on like um, messing around with something that's like on smaller scale, like at like a desk or something. Um, yeah. For example, job simulator, like that game, very, very old, at this point in terms mm -hmm. of how long vr has been around but the entire idea about that is it allows you to have fun with what you get do you want to do you want to explain that really quickly the oh. game 
Oh yeah, uh, it's it's basically just you get a bunch of different options for jobs you can mess around with. And it's like this cartoony thing, and you get a bunch of items around you, and you can have fun with it. Like one, for example, is a car mechanic. You can switch out parts on a car and just send it off and do whatever you want. You can you can throw things across the room at the robots because it's it, yeah. the entire joke is that it's it's a robot. It's simula a robot. Um, world, I guess, simulating like the human experience. Um, That's right, yeah. <laughs> but, anyways, I think like the games that will be really um, that are really good, for, at least in my opinion at the moment, are the ones like Beat Saber and Tilt Brush, where you could even consider Tilt Brush not even much of a game. But the mm -hmm. idea is that it basically gives you the ability to do something in a small area where you can just go around. Because these games use the current technology that we have for VR. Yeah. Currently, you can't really walk around the. Well, you can walk around the room. I'll, I'll say that, but uh, you can't really walk to an further extent. Yeah. That. Like the games, I think that take advantage the most of the current controls that are offered are currently the ones that are, in my opinion, the best experience because you can actually fully experience them and actually get brought into the game when i'm holding down a thumbstick to move in a direction i often feel like i'm not part of that world quite as absolutely much. yeah and that, that's what that's what a lot of these games that's what a lot of these games have for motion because obviously you can't yeah. physically walk around uh in much area i'm sure I, I know uh i know most headsets allow you to have a pretty big space to play in but there's a certain point where the obviously the virtual world's bigger than your physical one yeah um, I, I think that um, I, I just think that like when you mo move around, not only is it like um, in a world that's bigger than your own, not only does it, you know, cause the obvious motion sickness issue, which you eventually get used to after you use it for a while. You just have to use it very often. Yeah. Um, but not only does it get rid of that like issue with that, it also gets rid of the issue of just holding down a thumbstick constantly, which I think the problem with a lot of VR controls at the moment are they rely on you constantly holding down some button or doing something and it eventually just it, it wears down on your hands I guess yeah and, and and obviously as you mentioned breaks your immersion yeah I, I just I just don't think the um the the current generation is really designed to be have buttons held down for a long period of time. And I feel like game developers have been really relying on these types of things that just don't feel natural. That's fair, man. Thing. And you think about, um, like I mentioned at the beginning of this, uh, VR as a whole is such a young industry, maybe like exactly five or six years old, effectively pretty much um, at least mainstream five or six years old, maybe, maybe even a little, maybe a little bit longer than that, but really, you think about consoles, I mean, there have been Xboxes for 20 to 30 years, probably, and there have been uh, PCs for, I'm sure, even longer. Like, these these are so established at this point that you, you can't even really, you can't even really be surprised when these, uh, when these more conventional um, platforms just blow, blow away VR right now, because we're effectively in, like, a second generation of VR only you think about um the oculus rift you think about that as like you know one of the first generation um yeah. and now 
you actually have uh, a roster of headsets you can p- pick from. And uh, in my opinion, enough really, really awesome experiences to warrant getting a headset if you're interested. Oh, oh yeah. They're, they're, not they're not to be a giant yeah. ad for Oculus. But, yeah. <laughs> um, in particular, the control scheme of Lone Echo is... It is what like I, I single think player really single player a, story uh, game yeah yeah I, I think that's really in, good for VR because don't rely on your legs like you can actually just move your arms yeah and and that's like the kind of experiences mm-hmm. I think that succeed really well at the moment and I think part of the deal with like just general like PC and console versus like VR is that the deal with the PC and the consoles they've had so much time for the developers to finally realize the limitations of what they have exactly. so you know the limitations of your keyboard you know the player's amount of fingers basically on that keyboard mm-hmm. <laughs> like you know those limitations you're currently at a point in vr where people are just now figuring out those limitations and they're trying to adapt to this current generation but it's changing so often that it's not very constant so they're having trouble doing that exactly and you're really hitting you're really hitting back to that thesis that i'm really intended to have about how VR is like it's effectively going through a second chance right now. It's effectively going through a second generation and and this wave of enthusiasm that's been washing over it recently is just one that I really hope endures just because um it 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 VR it, v, I think I love VR, man. It deserves to succeed. Yeah. Um there's a lot of there's just literally there's just there's just endless potential. And again, uh, I, I hope I, I hope I convey this well enough. But VR is—it's not for everyone right now. Obviously, it's something that has a lot of potential, but it's something that's really, really young, and it's something that hasn't—that's something that has a lot of time to grow and mature. And I'm sure in like ten or fifteen years, you're going to see really, really sophisticated VR games, and maybe they could even match traditional consoles at this point. Also, just the amount of people who are currently um, buying into this. Oh, my um, God. It's tiny. It's it's actually, I think it's pretty decent considering how much people just don't have, like, space or, like, the resources to purchase one of these. Like, the amount of people that have actually bought into it so far is actually pretty insane. Like, they're running out of... They're running out of stock everywhere. No, right, exactly, and and that's that that's what that's what gets me really excited because like uh, the Oculus Quest has been sold out um, for months now, and it, it came out over a year ago. Like the the enthusiasm is it's still there. Well, well, obviously, maybe um, certain world circumstances may be inflating that uh, a little bit recently, but I, I like to think a big portion of it is um, is because that a lot of people are deciding hey it's actually it's actually something that we want to buy into now but anyways that that's about all we have for now um mitchell again i, re- I really appreciate you um coming on this first yeah uh, you're you're is that you're the first guest on Mediarm just because this oh. is my first my first official really real episode of it just because uh the previous one was more of like a more of kind of a trailer an introduction ah. a little bit I guess I'm Song. special. <laughs> you, yes, exactly. I'm glad to have you. <laughs> well, but anyways, uh, no, right, exactly. <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely we'll definitely be having you back for uh, other topics for sure. 
But anyways, uh, thank you guys for tuning in to Meteorarmed this week. Um, and next week, we'll be, we're going to be talking a little bit about um, Apple and their huge, uh, their honestly dominant influence in, the, in our culture. Um, and I have a lot to say about that. But until then, uh, thank you for tuning in, as I said, and I'll talk to you later. Take care. Yeah, avoid slamming your VR controllers into the wall. Pro tip.